0: Back in the 70s, a woman wrote an article I found interesting. She said that her cousin had invited them to come for Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday, March 20th. She stated that she was not celebrating an early Thanksgiving. She was saying that all was well with her husband, who had finished a battery of hospital test. In our family, she said, we sometimes have as many as 10 Thanksgivings a year. Each Thanksgiving marks a happy event, such as a job promotion, a graduate degree, a good medical report. Sometimes we celebrate with a dinner party, sometimes with a picnic or an outing but always with as many members of our clan as we can round up. Ten Thanksgivings a year? Can you imagine what that would do to your diet? (laughs) This morning, the title of our lesson is Thanking Your Way to a Strong Family. Here we are. In Colossians 3.17, which be my text this morning is Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. So I'll focus in those verses 12 through 17 of Colossians 3. In Colossians 3.17, we're told that 10 thanksgivings a year would not be enough for a Christian that tried to follow Paul's advice. If you read that verse, it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Giving thanks to God the Father through him, his son, Jesus Christ. And whatever we do, every day of every year, we should be giving thanks. We should be known as thankful people. Did you ever run into those pessimists? Well, we need to be optimistic. Could you imagine being thankful every day of the year? We have the eors of life. Well, I think it might rain today. Well, here in Shard, that's what it's doing. It's raining today. But whatever we do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God every day that we are alive. All the blessings, that we have in our lives. And in Ephesians 5 and 20, we're told, Ephesians 5, 20, that we should be giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We as Christians should be known as thankful and grateful people. And that should be true of us in every aspect of our life. Especially, it should be true in our homes and how we deal with our families. A few years ago, Dr. Nick Stinnick of the University of Nebraska conducted a series of studies in an attempt to discover what characteristics were common in very strong families. He and his researchers discovered six qualities, and the first very first quality and one of the most important to be found in strong families was that of appreciation. They concluded that families which were strong were strong because family members expressed appreciation for what each member did and for who they were. In a similar study, another researcher looked into the effect of praise in the workplace. His studies showed that the ratio of praise to criticism in the workplace needed to be at least four to one, meaning four praises to one criticism before employees felt that there was a balance. And that had to be four times as much praise as there were criticism. I remember coach Bob Ritley for Perry when I started years ago at you know, teaching and coaching at Perry. I worked with him and I remember that was a philosophy he had. We always evaluated the players. We watch game film and evaluate the players. And I remember he always said, if you give them a criticism, always follow it with something positive they were also doing. I don't know that he had the four to one ratio, but he said, never leave just a negative comment out there. Always find something positive. Even if it was, I like the way you came to practice every day, or you know, if when you couldn't find, get something out there, something that was positive that you liked, that you did, and that you could feel good about your work and the environment that you worked in. This tells us that people need appreciation. You can't tell me that none of us, there isn't one person in here that doesn't appreciate appreciation. They need praise. They need getting credit for something they did. They need these things four times as often as they receive criticism to have a healthy environment at their work or at home. Many many families just don't understand this basic reality. A few years back, I read about a man who always teased his wife about her lack of interest in household chores. One day, he came home with a gay gift. It was a refrigerator magnet that read, Martha Stewart doesn't live here. The next day, he came home to find the magnet holding up a slip of paper. The note read, Neither does Bob Vila. (laughs) Now, that was meant as good-humored fun, but we know, sadly, there are homes with those kind of comments being passed back and forth that aren't meant to be funny. They're intended to be offensive. They are meant to hurt and to cause pain. Even in the best homes, there are harsh words and occasional hard feelings. Why does that happen? Well, I'm sure we can come up with a number of reasons why it might, but one of the most basic reasons that there are harsh words and hard feelings in a home is when there is a lack of thankfulness. When parents or children forget the blessing that their wife, husband, child, parent actually is giving them. Sometimes it's only a matter of perspective. One young college woman supposedly wrote home to her mother. Dear mom, Sorry I haven't written you sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it and my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when it was on fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day, and because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He has been so nice, I must admit that I am pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he breaks up with his current fiance. I hope things are fine at home, I'm doing fine, and we'll write you more when I get the chance. Love, your daughter Susie. P.S. None of the above that I just wrote is true but I did get a C in sociology and I formed chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. <laughs> you know, I have, I have received this message from my wife also. <laughs> because I remember back when Dylan was only about 10, one of my grandsons, he always wanted to help me out. I had a blue Dodge Caravan, only a few people would probably remember that. But I did have a – and when we first got it, I, I loved that vehicle. Not love, love, I, I was, but I was proud of it. Let me say it that way. One day, Dylan wanted to help me with grocery shopping. And, you know, the kids always want to push the cart around for you. And he has a twin brother, Connor, and they were playing back and forth. And, of course, Connor probably wanted to push and so on. I just remember as we got outside, they were headed to the car, and all of a sudden, Dylan's pretty strong, and the next thing I know, the cart – rammed into the side of my car, leaving a long one-inch scar, uh, you know, one inch like wide, seemed like down the paint job. Probably wasn't really that wide, but I just remember seeing this scrape down the side. I was very upset, started yelling at him. And I remember the words of my wife when she said these words, which is more valuable, Dylan or the van?" And it made me think this morning when we think about the possessions, many of us run into people and maybe ourselves that think about possessions, our position. We were talking about in our Bible study this morning. Do we pos- do we worry about our possessions, not worrying about who we hurt? Or do we remember the verses that say there were 99 sheep that were safe? And one was lost. And Jesus talked about how that shepherd would run for that one. And the rejoicing that would take place over the one that was saved. The one that was dealt with dealt with, with appreciation instead of criticism. Why did that one leave? A lot of times in life, it's maybe they don't feel appreciated. As we go out and talk and deal with others. Notice Jesus said that we need to make, you know, fishers of men. We need to go out. We need to, I remember, it was always sad when I heard that verse. I don't remember exactly. I know Dale would remember probably. But where the, Jesus looked out and said, the harvest is ready. The, what does he look out and see? The field is just all ripe, ready to be harvested. But he said, the laborers are few. And that's what we look at. Jesus talks to us to go, therefore, unto all nations, teaching, appreciating, going into their lives, thanking them, being positive to turn them unto Jesus. What does he say to the apostles? Love one another as I have loved you. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. So I, Think about those words that my wife said. What is more valuable? Dylan or the van? People that I go out and deal with on a daily basis? Or the possessions that I have? You see, thankfulness for my family is often a matter of having the right perspective as to what or who is the most important. But too often, I feel as Christians, we are not thankful, even though we should be the most thankful. Not long, over, not long ago, I overheard a woman telling a friend about her husband, and the wife, you could tell, was not happy. According to her, her husband was hard to get along with. He was unreasonable. He was irresponsible. From her description, it appeared that he was somewhere between Hagar the Horrible And Dennis Demens. It was a fairly obvious from listening to her, it was very obvious that she was not thankful for her husband. Now I know this woman, or I thought I knew her, and I'm convinced that in her home, for every good comment she made about her husband there, would it be at least probably four criticisms? She was not a thankful kind of woman. Why are people so negative? I'm sure you could run into those people that you knew would always have the negative view. Negative comments are often the way people try to modify someone else's behavior. They say, instead of painting your own house, you go rip apart their house, which makes me wonder. I see constantly on the news, just recently here in Ohio, where was it? Um, um, I'll think of it here later on after our sermon probably. Um, Somebody I just came across that their fields that they use for the youth had multiple trucks to just turf the fields and ripped it up. That happened to Brown Stadium not too long ago. Now the the Browns, maybe you don't like the Browns, but you don't have to rip up their field. I don't know what, what benefit do you get out of vandalism like that? And this place they were talking about was youth use that. And in the spring, they're gonna probably have to ship them out to somewhere else. And we always talk about, isn't it great to get a youth involved in the community and community activities? And there's people that are taking that from them. So I don't know. You know, somehow people think that they can make negative of someone else to make themselves look better. We know that often parents put down their kids, wives insult their husbands, husbands criticize their wives, because they believe that this is the best way to make their displeasure known and to change the behavior of those they are upset from. And when we complain to others, that is simply our way of trying to enlist support. It is our way of trying to get other people onto our bandwagon so that we think that we have extra help in bringing about change and um, defaming that other person. We know secondly, most of us are just naturally critical by nature what does James say in chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 in James 3 verses 9 and 10 it says with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men we have been made in God's likeness out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers this should not be In other words, God knows we have unconsciously made or make critical comments. He knows we tend to have a critical spirit. And so what does God command us in Colossians 3 and 17? Again, we mention it. It's our verse, our text. And whatsoever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God knows that we tend to be unconsciously critical of those around us. And so he commands us to be consciously thankful for all things. There's a song number 112. Love one another, thus saith the Savior. Children, obey his blessed command. This is especially important in our homes. Because as we stated earlier, a healthy home has an atmosphere where we compliment four times more than we criticize. So how do I develop a thankful spirit in my house? I mean, what if they don't deserve my, me being grateful to them? Some people say, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for. What if my husband, my wife, my child aren't as perfect as I'd like them to be? Hmm. man named Frank Fry had an excellent piece of advice. I came across, he says, folks, the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence, and the grass is not greener on this side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. I pondered that for a moment. People always say grass is green on the other side. He says it's not true. Grass is green on this side. That's not true. Where is the grass greener? It's where you tend to it, where you make it a point to go out and to water it, where you're the one doing the mending of it. We know that Paul talked about that, didn't he? About you know, putting the putting out the seeds and the watering. But God provides the increase that we can go through and we need to just be passionate. We need to be polite. We need to be the watering to get that greener grass. So we know the way to grow a thankful heart is to turn my heart into a garden of thanksgiving. My heart needs to be a place where I plant the seeds. Where I plant the seeds of thankfulness and I fertilize it and I water that garden With constant tending, that is what I look at. That is what I need to be able to do. In short, you and I need to practice thankfulness, and God says the best place to start being thankful is in his presence. Again, what do we read? And whatsoever you do, whether in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We need to pray to God and focus on the things we are thankful for. So I want you to start today to find something about what individual you are thankful for, or the things in your life that you're thankful for. I thought I started to think back, and I'm just gonna mention one. I am thankful that my parents attended the Church of Christ. It gave me a great start to begin with. I look at individuals and I look at people in their lives that only the only thing that they possibly knew was a different type of church. Some of them, sadly enough, many grow up in a house in which parents never went to church, don't know God, never found it important to read, and almost discourage the children from reading the Bible or believing and attending with friends um, to believe in God. So that's what I am thankful for, the upbringing that I had. Now, if I pray, if I look at the things in my life and pray for the strength to be guided, and I do that on a regular basis, what will change? Could I change possibly myself? For sure. Could I change those people that you come in contact with? We were talking about. Letting our light so shine before men, Jesus said in Matthew 5, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We think about our society. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, many say. So you can change things in this world by being critical in your face, or you can try to change things by being the one that is an example. What? do people see in you? One pharmacy posted this sign by the service bell. Ring once for service, ring twice for poor service, ring three times for no service at all. And I pondered I thought, what is that? But it's just the truth of life, isn't it? The people that talk the most are usually the most negative, the critical. It's the quiet ones. We need to go forth and try to spread the truth. The news is full of negativism, but I love it when they stick a positive note on there. Sadly enough, it seems like when you watch the news, there's four critical to one positive. But it is great to see those heartwarming little stories when somebody does something well i don't like it when when i was a classroom teacher and people say well you know the problem with youth today and you think it was all youth was bad and it's really reverse. even when i subbed i just subbed on friday it was the first time this year you know since my medical stuff and my wife's surgery and so on and to go in and there's still a lot of positive student there. And that's what made me think that it's really the minority of students, but they get all the attention. And it's the a lot of good student that, and I told my wife, it was a pleasant experience. I have to admit, I, all I heard was this freshman class is terrible. I had mostly freshmen, and I actually enjoyed my day and just about everybody there with it. So, um, you know, it, sometimes we get so caught in that negative and throwing everybody into a big category. So I'd like to close, you know, think along the closing of, there was a missionary, Benjamin Weir, who was held hostage in Lebanon. He was imprisoned under miserable conditions for 16 months. And in his first interview, after his release, he was asked about how he spent time and how he dealt with boredom and despair. His answer stunned the reporters. He simply said, counting my blessings. He spent his time counting his blessings. Blessings, they responded. Yes, he exclaimed. Some days I got to take a shower. Sometimes there were some vegetables in my food. And I could always be thankful for the love that I knew my family had for me. Benjamin Ware discovered the power to overcome his circumstances by learning thankfulness. He was physically in bondage, but spiritually and mentally, he was free. Why? Because he had learned to give thanks to the Father, even in the harshest of circumstances. We think about the disciples. We think about our apostles, and we know that some of them were chained in prison. They sang praises at midnight. I know we've talked about that Where? I'm not sure at midnight that would be my first thought. I'm in this damp dungeon chained together and the harsh conditions. I'm not sure that singing was my first thing that I would think of, but that was theirs. That was their idea to get through the miserable things they thought. What does Paul say? Paul went through a lot of miserable things. I can't even picture men taking an oath That they would die. They would not eat until they put Paul to death. That's how much they hated him. But yet, what did he say? He wouldn't change a thing. Was it pleasant life? No, he was shipwrecked. He talks about imprisonment, he was shipwrecked. All the things that he endured. But what did he say? Endured for what? The cause of Christ. He endured these things for. The cause of Christ. This morning in our Bible study, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. And in the first few verses, I think it was chapter, uh, I think it was verse 2, talked about Jesus taking on the cross with joy. He looked forward, I shouldn't say he looked forward, but he knew that he had to put himself on that cross and that he would be seated at the right hand of the Father. And that's what he looked at as he endured all for us. And he looked at it as joy that he could fulfill that for us. So as we look at our lives, may we be thankful in all things every day for the joy that we will have with God in heaven. The point is this. We need to be a people who are known for our thankfulness, especially in our homes especially with our wives, our husbands, our children, our parents, partially because of the change it can bring about in our families, but more importantly because of the change it can bring about to our own lives and our own hearts. Today, we have to look at that question that Jesus asked. What shall we profit if we gain the entire world but lose our very own soul? We have the opportunity To either be come forward, confess Jesus before men, and be baptized for the remission of our sins, or to ask for the prayers of the congregation. Whatever our need is, you have the opportunity to come forward as together we stand and sing our song of invitation.